Hello, and welcome to Nerd Critic, a Real Contender production. My name is Jordan. And I am CJ. Jordan here is our studied and credentialed critic. And CJ is wearing his Superman ring, I assume. I <laughs> I am. And his socks look interesting to me, but I couldn't quite identify what they Well, here's the were. deal. Because we were supposed to record yesterday, okay. right? And so I nerded out specifically so that I could talk about what I was wearing. <laughs> uh, but we postponed today, so I'm, I'm dialed down a little bit. Uh, I have my Superman ring. I have uh, Kingdom Hearts belt. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There you go. Uh, and then my, uh, my socks are actually Yoda Socks. Yoda. Very nice. Which feels like a, a solid nerd uh, character to represent. Oh, totally. I've got... Uh, we are propping up the mic with a Star Wars book and an Ender's Game book. We are in my apartment today. Yes. So the sound quality will be a little different. Um, You'll probably hear some, some background sound. Probably. Yeah. Um, my baby is asleep in the other room, but he probably won't wake up. He typically doesn't. Yeah. Um, we're very lucky parents. Anyway, today we're talking about a Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, because we saw it and we liked it. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I liked it a lot. Uh, and so we talk about why we're talking about this. Yeah, um, big movie. It is a big movie. Big movie. Uh, it has some. It, I mean, first of all, I had no idea until I was like. Look, looking at the credits, credits as it was opening, that Brian Singer directed this movie. Oh my gosh! I had no idea this was a Brian Singer movie. I embarrassingly did not realize that. Either. It just does not feel like Brian Singer in any way, shape, or form. So wow. it kind of threw me off. Wow! Um, it's like as far from an X Men movie as you can get. But uh, and apparently there was some beef and between the star Rami Malek and. Uh, Malek, Malik, I don't, I don't know. We'll say, we'll say, we'll say Malik. M- Malik. See, now you said it differently than I did. We'll say Malik. Malik. We'll say Rami Malik. <laughs> um, apparently, there was some beef, and uh, Brian Singer was not involved in the post production at all. Oh. He was fired. Wow. Yeah, but even still, Brian Singer shot this movie, yeah. and uh, I was blown away. So I believe that Brian Singer's a good director. Um, he is. He's very. He's got a really great visual sense. Um, good sense of pacing. But you like Bohemian really Rhapsody, actors. Like it just does not yeah, feel like. Yeah. Well, he's a pretty he's a pretty rangy director. He's done a lot of different kinds of it's films, true. but it's true. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's that's uh, that's. I mean, Brian. So for those of you who don't who may not be as nerdy about uh, comic book directors, Brian Singer. <laughs> Brian Singer is a repeat offender for X Men. Um, yeah, he, he's good for the for the for better and for worse. Yes, for better yeah. and for worse. The best X Men movie ever made was directed by him. It was X2. X2. X-Men United. <sighs> Glad we can agree um, on that. <laughs> but also, many of the lackluster movies were... Like Apocalypse. Yeah, like X-Men yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah. So there's a, there's, so he's, he's, he's a somewhat inconsistent. I will say, I think one of the best modern, sp- modern Superman movies was directed by him. Um, Superman Returns, uh, which I really loved. Whoa, um, whoa. One of the best modern Superman movies? Yeah. I mean, modern as in, like, post... Post Christopher Reeve, Cro- yeah. Post Christopher oh, okay, Reeve. Okay, so there's yeah. been like three. Yeah, got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a great lineup. Well, I, yeah, it's a low bar. <laughs> it's a low bar. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's a pretty good movie. 
Um, and uh, and then you've got um, and then he did Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. Uh, what about you? Just flew by Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects, yeah. which is which is now a, I think basically a film classic. I dare say it is. Yeah. So Brian Singer's definitely got the pedigree um, to do this kind of a movie. I think. Uh, even though it's it does seem to be a slightly outside of his wheelhouse, but once again, I think he's he's kind of just a, a pretty broad range director. I wonder yeah. what the conflict was that kicked him off the project. Uh, it was the only thing that the article said that I read was uh, that he was absent. That mm-hmm. Rami Malek was getting sick of his absence. Oh, so and he so, wasn't. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Well. Um, no more speculating about that. That's not what this podcast is about. This, this podcast is about the movie itself. Yes. So, um, I am prepared to nerd out a little bit all about right. several things. Kick us off, Jordan. Okay, well, first of all, um, Rami Malek, fantastic. So good. Disappeared completely. Yeah. The guy's super hot in like his career right now. He's He did Mr. Robot, which is a big deal. Um, I actually really, really loved the movie Short Term 12. Which um, Brie Larson was one of the uh, leads in that. that th- this movie was before both of them were famous. So this is why we do this podcast, where <laughs> I bring up the first thing I bring up is X Men. Yes, and the first thing that you bring <laughs> up is a movie that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> At least I haven't. If you can find, if you can find the movie Short Term Twelve, um, find it, watch it. Rami Malek has a smaller role on that movie, but he's excellent. Um, he's just a really good actor, and um, he, he's also in Night at the Museum. So, uh, which I actually wait, in the first one? No, no. Oh, second, third? I don't know. I've, they all blend together. I've only seen the first one, and I didn't love it. <laughs> He's so. King Tut. Oh, very yeah. interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So, really, really good actor. Um, very great range. One hundred percent disappears into Freddie Freddie Mercury. Um, I was just, I loved his performance. His performance was so so good, like all the way through. Totally captivated all the way through. Um, I also really loved uh, when, uh, Lucy Boynton. I'm hoping I'm, I hope I'm saying her name right. Lucy Boynton, who you may recognize. Absolutely, <laughs> dude. You should have been there when I when she popped up on screen. So uh, the reason that Jordan is chuckling is because Lucy Boynton plays the female lead and love interest in my favorite movie, Sing Street. That is correct. Um, and she was also in um, Murder on the Orient Express, the, the recent remake. That's right, that's right. Uh, but she, I love her. She's, and she's she, real damn good. When she popped up, I, I like, I, my wife is in the room. And so she, I don't know what she's doing because she's behind me. She's but, on her computer but ignoring I, us. I, <laughs> I very much, uh, I was like really excited. And I was, I, I kind of took a second to reflect and I was like, man, okay, am I excited because like it's a tie to my favorite movie or am I excited because of the actress herself and like I'm excited to see the role that she plays and then she killed it. Yeah, she, she did was, so good. Really, really um, good. I was really impressed with like... I don't know. She was an adult in this movie, which in Sing Street, she's very much a kid. And so it was interesting to see her like as a mature person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she really took on the role and the concern was there. And I just, uh, I like her. I like her a lot. Yeah. 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 Also, the dad from Sing Street is also in this movie. Oh, that's right. Yes. So that's it right. was, I was happy about it. <laughs> the casting was great. The casting was really, really, really great. Um, I actually also just was totally in love with um, his with the other bandmates. Um, particularly, 
particularly the, bi- the oh, big hair name? one. It's yeah. like Gwyn- well. Gwilin or something. <laughs> yes, uh, Gwilin Lee. Gwilin. Um, and then, uh, but I'm trying to remember. Uh, is it Joseph Mazzallo? I think. Um, uh, anyway, the, ba- the bass player the ba- or the drummer. The bass player. The bass player. You know who the bass player is? Who? Who was yeah. he? I was trying to figure it out. This the whole is gonna time. blow your mind. You ready? I'm ready. He's the kid on the first Jurassic Park. Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're right. My mind is gone. Just fell out my ears. Yeah. It's on the floor, spreading around, making a mess. It was bugging me the whole oh movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was yeah, that was like him. driving me and I didn't look it up. That I was it was driving me crazy. I was like, I know I've seen him before. He's really good. He's great. He yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. I was so like he didn't have like that many moments to shine. But like every time, every time he had a line, every time he had a moment, it was just, it was great. Yeah, it was scene stealing. Particularly, um, like when when oh spoiler spoiler spoiler. <clears throat> okay, particularly uh, when they are making up, when Freddie's making up with the yes. rest of the band. That scene, he seemed to just like subtly just kind of take away from everybody. He, like he just like really shined um, in the most like. Like low Very key understated way. Yeah, it's really cool. It was really, really cool. Really on point. Just perfectly on point. Also, the Gwynlum. How do you say his name? The, I don't even the, know. The guitar player. Yeah. The big hair guy. I, we'll say Gwillem, Gwillem Lee. Gwillem Lee. Yeah. Um, awesome. I, I have no idea who he is. Yeah, no idea. No clue, but he did great. <laughs> um, but in in my opinion, my, my humble uh, not director opinion. Um, I think I would place him as the best actor out of the three uh, bandmates, uh, purely because he was the most convincing for me. Like I, mm. uh, I knew who he was as a character, and that's pro- probably partially the writing, and he probably had a little more starring role. Um, but I knew who the character was, like what he stood for, what was important to him, um, and I just really, I really enjoyed him. Not, not to mention the, uh, is it Brad Hardy? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Hardy did great. Oh, sorry, Ben Hardy. Ben, ben Hardy, that's mm-hmm. it. Ben Hardy, he did great. Um, but yeah, I just I the casting in general. Freaking Mike Myers, what in the world? <laughs> uh, again, at the beginning, his name pops up, yes. and I'm like, he's in this movie, and I looked for him the <laughs> so entire good. time, and it's had so no good. idea that was him. Yeah, no, I didn't either. I, I didn't. I didn't figure that out till later. Um, it's yeah, he was just so funny. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, as, okay, so, so nerding out about the performances, absolutely. Um, also, just the music <laughs> was so good. If you don't love Queen by the end of this movie, yeah. you're dead. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's so just thrilling and fun and magical and just, it's just, man, you can't imagine anybody not falling for that band. And yeah. falling for Freddie freaking Mercury, yeah. who just... Who just was just a born performer. Just a born performer. And I don't know how accurate to his life this movie was, but it seemed pretty accurate. And Queen is a pretty big deal. And Freddie Mercury is a huge name. So I feel like they probably captured that pretty well. And I, you know, I found myself kind of like wishing I could have been around you know, to see them live, yeah. to see that happen. I just, I, I'm not, I, it's not that I'm not sure. It, I feel like it's close to fact. I don't know if we'll ever have the same band craze 
ever again. Yeah. Purely because, you know, after Beatles and Queen and some of the other huge names, yeah. just because of the amount of music we have now and how easy it is. What about Maroon 5? I'm just kidding. I, sure, they're, <laughs> they're great. I love Maroon 5. But, like, I don't think that the craze yeah. will ever hit that well, level it's, it's, anymore. It's, it's, I think it's, it's transferred a little bit to, to single... Um, artists like uh, singer songwriters, um, uh, but even but still, it's not like that craze. You know, I don't know if I don't know if we'll ever hit. Lady that Gaga craze. comes close. She comes close. Yeah, it's probably true. And I, I, I think I think there will be. I think there may be that that level of craze. There, there may have been. There may, there may will be <laughs> that level of craze. But not for a. I don't think. I think you're right. Not for a band. At least not in the foreseeable future because the culture seems to move to, to have moved away from band obsession yeah. to the degree that it had caught on at the time. Anyway. But anyway, the music was wonderful. <laughs> music was um, wonderful. It, like I just was uh I, I'm curious, do you know if that was Rami Malik singing? I don't know. Because I, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find any anything about it. I there were some scenes where I was convinced one hundred percent that it was his voice. And there were some scenes where I was like, there's some there's some like it sounded going too on here. much like Freddie Mercury. That, a little bit of that, and also just like you know, you can just kind of tell when the sound yeah. doesn't quite sync totally. up with every. I mean, it, you know, it's it's basically impossible to get um, uh, to get that sort of uh, what, what do they call synchronization? It? Yeah, well, to get the dubbing perfect, yeah, yeah. Um, it's basically possible, impossible. So um, anyway, so you can usually tell if you're watching closely when it's not their actual voice. But there are a couple of scenes where I was like, that's his voice. I don't know. If it was his voice the whole scene or whatever, but there was a couple moments and shots where I'm like, well, there's there's no way that's not his voice. Yeah. So anyway, it's pretty cool. Regardless, uh, I can't imagine anybody doing a better Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Than I, Rami Malek. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I had no idea. Like I never would have like watched uh, Mr. Robot and been like, oh man. You know who'd make a free you know Freddie Mercury? That guy. That guy. That guy could totally kill it. Uh, but get he, some get some uh, teeth prosthetics in yeah. there. He's gonna. Uh, but he did. He did really well. Um, can we talk? Can we nerd out about like uh, like story elements? No, we're not allowed. Uh, we, we don't talk story. We don't talk narrative at all. No. That's um, not what this podcast is about, CJ. I because I there was one moment. Okay, there were two moments that like hit me hit me pretty hard um, that convinced me of the narrative that they were trying to tell. Okay. Uh, moment number one uh, is I was not convinced that Freddie at any point was truly selfish. Mm. I thought he was a performer. I thought that he was um, a partier, but like it, it always always involved other people, and like the decisions that he made may, maybe didn't benefit everybody, but it benefited some, and it was never fully selfish. And they were trying to portray that he was getting to the point of being fully selfish mm. after he goes solo, after all these things. He's like, yes, he went from family oriented to. To, because of the influence of but they laid this guy. but they laid on the blame uh, um, to or they, they laid on the sort of blame of Paul like the Paul character yeah like, pretty thick yes so you kind of think well Paul oh is yeah the, it's Paul because of him villain. yeah, yeah Paul he, was in the picture he was until mm-hmm. Mary says I'm pregnant mm-hmm. and he responds how could, how you? could you yeah. <laughs> that moment for me was so powerful because it was it was like oh my gosh you I love the character I love Freddie Mercury I'm watching I'm totally invested but what you just said yeah was a terrible human choice of things to say I yeah I, I think it may I, I I get where you're coming from it 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 may have seemed to come a little bit 
out of nowhere. Um, but I will, I will say, I think that, so, so, um, I, I, I buy it. I think that, yeah, I think the whole Paul, the, the villain, villainous Paul character was, was pretty extreme. Also though, I, I totally bought it. Like, um, because what was, what was Freddie Mercury's problem? Um, and first, let me say, I think the second half of the movie is better than the first half. Oh. Um, the first half of the movie... Well, it, well, well yeah. I, I have a lot to say about the first okay. half of the movie. Well, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, let me say about, about his character. Like, what we know about his character is that he is deeply, deeply, deeply insecure. And he wants to be loved, like, more than anything. And one of the reasons he's such a, an insanely good performer is because he is desperate for the love of everybody in the room. And he'll do anything to get it. It's, it's, but you don't, and the, the, his magic is that he doesn't seem desperate. He seems really confident and really like just totally himself and totally whatever. But if you watch closely, every single decision he makes is begging for people to notice and love him. Mm-hmm. And it's because he, I mean, he's got, there's, you know, there's two things going on. He's an artist. He has a lot to say. And, um, and he has a, a, a way of being. But like, uh, you know, you could argue that with his, you know, from from very probably from a very early age, like coming from a, an immigrant family, you know, um, that he refuses to that he refuses to acknowledge, acknowledge or, or be, yeah. and it's because he feel, he feels like an outcast. It's it's a combination of like his um, his ethnicity, his probably the culture around his family, and then also his teeth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and it's it's which if you're when you're a kid. Like that, that more than anything else, probably put him in a place where he felt like he was not, he was different, different than anybody. And, and, and that he was never going to win by the normal rules. Like he was never going to be accepted and popular in the normal way. Like he couldn't just be like a good guy and a good kid and like get good grades or whatever. And then be like, you know, like everyone's like, good job. We love you. He's it was never going to happen for him. And so he sort of like leans so far the other direction that he's just like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be an artist, yeah. you know, I'm going to have things to say. And, um, and it was, a, it was a mask that he sort of like donned and it was so effective. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is that all the decisions that he made were, be, were, were, were in desperation for, uh, for love that he wasn't, that he wasn't getting early. Right. And feeling rejected by his parents, feeling rejected by probably the world, and feeling like I, but I can, I can put on this personality, and I can be, and I can get all of the love and all of the, etc. And and what that does, and and so so that innately, it's selfish, right? It's arrested development. And so like we love Freddie Mercury. He's so funny, so cool, and he's also like a really nice person, genuinely. You know, he like he like he likes people, and he wants to like you know help them and be around them. But but throughout the movie, all the way up until his crash later on, it, everything really is about him, and and it, it isn't. And so and so in that moment when he says, "How could you?" It's the only thing that character could possibly say, mm. because it, because his whole life up to this moment is like, you know, you know, and he's also sort of he's 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 forced her into this role of like. You are the one person, right? The reason she's the love of his life is you're the one person I can count on that I'm the most important person to you, you know? I'm the, you're the one person I can count on. It's like she becomes, she becomes mother, father, sister, you know, best friend, wife. She becomes ever, all the people in his life that he, like, you know, needs to feel loved and accepted. Like, as long as she cares more about him than anybody else, 
then it'll be okay, you know? So it's like, I can swallow... Interesting. Maybe I can swallow you going off and getting married because, sure, I'm gay. <laughs> like, maybe I can swallow sure. that. Although it's kind of a, a betrayal. And then, but then to find out on top of that that you're pregnant? Well, what does that mean? That means that you have now made a decision... That he is not the most you, important person. That I am no yeah. longer the most important person yeah. to you. And, and, and it's, which is crushing. It's crushing because it's the, it's the thing that he was unhealthily relying on completely. It's the thing that allowed him to go be this like crazy extravagant person because at least the, you know, the end of the day, he knew somewhere in the world, that girl, that woman cared about him more than anybody. And so, in that moment, yeah, it's it's the worst possible thing you could possibly hear. Yeah, that's that's interesting, uh, and that's supported by the the entire first scene of him going shopping, and she, you know, tells him to be weird, and yeah. that it's good to be weird. Oh my gosh, and yeah, it's awesome, and that's, and that's what he needed, and that's, that's what he needed. So was, he just like yep. just grabbed her oh, and yeah. held on for dear yeah. life. It's interesting. That's an, that's an interesting, and it's it is it's it's beautiful, and it's so true. And it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so sad. Um, you know, I don't know if that conversation was true uh, when when she told him before she left him the night that he finally told her, I think I'm bisexual. And she's like, you're, you're, you're gay, man. Like, yeah. I, and, and she says, uh, your life is going to be very, very hard. And, um, you know, I don't know if that actually happened, but boy, like... It, you know, it's funny because you could you could you could call a scene like that or a line like that, like oh, it's so on the nose. But um, but that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing you say. <laughs> you know, it's like what else she, can she do? It's like yeah. here's here's this. I don't know if this is going to prepare you, but inevitably your life is going to be so hard. Mm. And it's just so, and 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 yeah. Ultimately, what does it take for somebody to be released from that dynamic? From the dynamic of like being so completely dependent on the love of others that you lose yourself completely, like in the bad way, not like in the serving your the world way, but like in the I've lost track of myself. I'm yeah. gone. I'm just a broken soul. And like, how do you go from that to um, really truly becoming who you really truly are and and owning yourself completely and not needing other people to validate who you are, which is where he gets to by the end of the movie. But the road there, it took. It took almost total annihilation before he could get to the other side. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to remember the second thing because I said two things. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> and I can't remember for life me. I apologize. Ugh. No, it's okay because it, what what we talked about I really enjoyed, um, and I got a lot out of that. It'll it'll come back to me later. Um, but but as far as like the narrative, something that I really 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 enjoyed was how long we just got to based at Live Aid. We just got to be there. Oh, and yeah. And it was like, because it like built up. Like and I the was, concert, basically became like a concert Yeah, it was movie. like a live concert thing that yeah. we got to do. And it was, it, was so, it was so interesting because most movies, like nearly all, it would be, it builds up and builds up and builds up. And then like, I don't know, you hear, don't, don't. And then on that first clap, Movies. It goes black, yeah, it's like and it's over, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that was amazing!" Right? Yeah. But we got to like watch it and be there. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, oh! I remember the second one. I remember the second one. Yeah. Uh, the second part that really, oh, it was so good. Um, he goes to the doctor, right? He gets he gets the, the sunglasses, he gets the hat to hide. And oh yeah. He goes. 
And then as he's walking out, hey yo. Oh man! Yeah, that was so yeah. good. And that you you know I'm so glad you brought that moment up because to, to to my point earlier about like about you know what does it take to get to the to get to that place where you fully own who you are? Um, in that moment, I think beyond any other moment in his life up to that point, ironically because he already was this giant giant superstar. In that moment, he finally realized what he was doing for other people. Mm. He finally realized, like, that it wasn't just about him. Here's this kid. Who here's this this tragic soul, who who I mean was dying of AIDS. And just the dude looked like he was on his way out. Yeah. he was so sickly. Yeah, yeah, so sickly. And and but for that for that for for him to have, without even realizing it, have given that to this kid, mm-hmm. and not just like oh, it's a song he loves, but no, it's like it's the identity. Yeah, it's like you represent this thing that people need and like and and I that's the moment that it clicked and when he said it back to him it's like when he when he you know responsed to the call and response yeah it like that that was him you know that was all you needed and and you realize like oh he gets it now yeah and but before that moment I would argue before that moment he never it never really sank in it never really occurred to him what he meant to people and i loved that it was done in such contrast to where for freddie mercury had been looking for that validation this whole time oh yeah at the parties at the clubs yep. and yep. you know i want to throw a party and invite <laughs> giants and dwarfs and all, you <laughs> yes. know magicians and gypsies yes. and all of that because i can't stand being alone <laughs> yes and he would that he literally walks down the stairs dressed as a king yeah. you know or as royalty as a queen I just realized that's what that was. Yeah. Uh, but he was he was looking for that validation, and he got it. He got plenty of it. But like they were at a party, enough. it was never it was never really quite what he was looking for. But it was in that that quiet moment in the hospital that he got that validation he needed. Yeah. It wasn't so. It's it really is. A, it's a reversal. It's about not what you need. It's about what you are giving to other people genuinely mm-hmm. that they need. And then that is how you get fulfilled. And that's the moment that he, that he figured that out, which yeah. is so, which was so beautiful. I, for me, that was, um, like that, the climax of the movie was in that moment. I know the, the really the climax of the movie was live aid, right? Well, I mean, that, if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna draw it out, uh, the emotional kind of climax was that moment. Yeah. Well, that was the turning point. That was the that yeah. was that was because you know up to that point it was because he had just dumped Paul yeah. right it was right after the rain scene yeah yeah which you could you could argue that the rain scene was actually the climax scene sure because sure. that's when that's when he decided to you know whatever but then but then it's the if if you're spending time in the in the the nadir of the movie if you're spending time in that sort of valley yeah um the the moment when when he has this, the call and response with that kid in the outside the doctor's office that was the coming up out of the valley. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. the moment where he's coming out of the valley and we're starting to see, now we're starting to see the narrative of triumph that, that, that finishes out the movie. I'd like to talk for a second, cause we're going to talk about this anyway. We're going to talk about the first half versus the second half. Yes. And I want to, um, well, first of all, what are your thoughts about the first half? Should, is this where we do business? Uh, we can wait till the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my thoughts, uh, really the, for me, the re, the reason the reviews are not as great as we were hoping, okay. uh, and my personal review is the uh, the pacing and the editing uh, and the lack of build 
uh, story building, uh, character building in the first half of the movie. Everything is really easy. Yeah. It's, it, th- it feels kind of like a long, fun trailer. It's like, oh, yeah. and now this fun thing totally. happens. Oh, and now this fun thing happens. Oh, and then here we are, and this fun thing happens, and oh, look how smart and cool they are. And then it's like an hour. <laughs> and you're like, what? Wait, where's the story? Yeah. And like, yes, the elements are sort of getting sewn in. Like, it's, it, things are getting set up, but there's no actual, like, real drama or tension through most of the first half of the movie. So I think that is a big part of the the lower the 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 slightly less than positive reviews from yeah. from some sectors. But also argue that I think even more than that, um, I've just I've been I've been hearing some rumblings about the way that um, homosexuality is sort of presented in oh, the movie. Okay, um, and this is something that wouldn't have been immediately apparent to me because I'm not. I'm not gay and I'm not as sensitive to that stuff as people who are more intimate with that community are. And like, they're going to be watching a movie like this and like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be keyed in. You're going to be like, well, how, not, how yeah. is stuff presented? Not only that, but Freddie Mercury is a bit of an icon. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's a yeah. huge deal. Just yeah. like we were talking about that kid outside the doctor's yeah. office. Like that's a big, big deal. Like Freddie Mercury, like guess what? That's your life's mission. Like one, like one of the greatest things you left behind was this was being this beacon of like oh like you can be who you are and so um, and so I think I think the problem that people are having or feeling about this movie I, I have a couple things first I think that I, I I feel like I maybe understand where they're coming from a little bit or I'm trying to and I think that part of it has to do with first half of the movie super fun super great Freddie's married to a woman <laughs> you know mm, and yeah. seems to be happy with her and then ah. Uh, Freddy's falling away. How is he falling away? By going after guys. By like oh, interesting. hooking up with guys. By like kind of philandering and like with dudes on it was, the road. It was literally everything was going perfectly. Until and, he like started being who he was. Well, and, he saw the guy go yeah, into the, exactly. the man's restroom. That was like that, that was, was the, the moment that the movie turn, started being totally, dramatic and totally. full of good narrative tension. And yeah. it also um you know, so so it would be really easy to sit there and feel like this movie was saying it's all homosexuality's fault, <laughs> it's all the gay community's fault. Interesting, and and that like that's uh, you know I think that like that's a fair. It's um, let me be careful. I don't think it's a fair criticism. I totally understand that perspective. I understand that someone could like react that way, but I think that context is really important. Um, I think maybe it could have been, and I will say this: I think you can fault the filmmakers. Um, ironically, Brian Singer is gay, so like, obviously, there's like, there, you know, you know, we're we're not dealing with like a tone deaf, you know, artist sure. here, um, and I so had, I had no idea Brian Singer's gay. Yeah, so he's he's definitely gay, and like, um, and and so so there's there's a lot. It's very interesting to think about like maybe you know how the artists were thinking about this movie. I will say that probably someone somewhere, as this movie was being developed, should have realized what was happening. <laughs> Or what was seeming to happen, and found a way to address it a little bit. But I do think that there's a very, um, there's a, there's a really reasonable and 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 generous way to look at this movie, um, and 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 see that it's it's not blaming homosexuality. It's not blaming the gay community. What it is actually is blaming intolerance, and it's a it's a it's a subtle it's a subtle thing that's going on. And if you're not if you're not thinking very clearly about what the era was, because it feels so recent, it feels like, oh, this just happened like, you know, it's 80s, whatever, we're, whatever. The 80s were a bad time to be gay, <laughs> you know? Like, any time before 
you know, and like before, like ten years ago, it was a bad time. To, it's yeah. still a bad time to be gay. Yeah, it's just a less bad time to be gay now than it was than it used to be. But one of the things that happened, and I, I have like I have a bunch of gay friends and some older gay friends, and like who have told me that back then, um, and, and their friends, you know, who like whatever, back then, um, being homosexual was so tricky because what ended up happening is you, if you wanted to like sort of, you know, own that part of yourself, you wound up being a part of a community that was forced underground. And what happens to communities that are forced underground? It can get chaotic, right? People, people, uh, not, the, the best versions of people don't necessarily emerge in that environment. Mm. Like when everybody, when everybody in normal, quote unquote, normal society is persecuting you and, you know, and totally rejects you and, and has then wants to have nothing to do with you. Um, and you find yourself in a community of those people, what's going to happen, you know? And like, not to say that everybody was bad, but like, I think that the best sides of people weren't coming out in those communities a lot of the time. Sure. And so, um, and so Freddie Mercury found himself in like kind of hanging out with the wrong sort of people. It wasn't because they were gay. It's because they were in, they were in a community that had been essentially forced underground. And so like, you know, the partying, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's like, if you're going to reject social norms, you might as well reject all of them. And I think the, 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 the story, I think the story of Freddie Mercury is a pretty good illustration of why it's important to question social norms, reject some of them, but not all of them. Right. Yeah. Like don't get rid of all the social norms. You need to, you need to have some, you need to have like some responsibility. You need to have like, you need to have some commitment and some fidelity and like that stuff it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. That stuff is still important. And so you look at a character like Paul and you're like, dude, yeah, that guy's a villain. Um, but like what he's doing is he's taking advantage of a guy who's vulnerable because he because this because this part of his, this part of who he is is not accepted by society. Not only that, but I think that uh, Freddie Mercury being as gigantic as he was and yeah. uh, having the resources that he did. Uh, oh yeah, attracts I, all the all, all the people that that want to do things to the extreme. Yeah, Freddie Mercury had the resources in order to do that. Absolutely, right? and it was, and it has nothing to do with the fact. It was like the fact that like the people who were sort of the hangers on, the leeches, the the people who were just like there for his money and his fame, or trying to just you know, as Paul Paul chief among them. Yeah, it like the fact that they were gay. Incidental. It that it wasn't. It, the, yeah. yeah, the story wasn't saying oh, these people you know. These gay people were so terrible. It was saying, no, these people were terrible. Just like if Freddie Mercury had been straight and everybody hanging on to him was just a bunch of groupies, like, same difference, yeah. same thing. Yeah. You're looking at your The events could yeah. happen in, in it doesn't matter the who exact it is. same way. Yeah, exactly, if, yeah. same, exactly That's same interesting. Thing. That's interesting. I, I do wonder, uh, knowing that Brian Singer was not involved in the post production process, I do wonder if maybe some of the vision was lost. Maybe. maybe. It's, very, it's very possible. Um, that's, yeah. I mean, this is, we're talking about a guy who, who very deliberately and openly made um, at least several of the X Men movies about, and X2 especially as an allegory for what it was like to be a, like a gay kid growing sure. up. Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean X-Men when they were created was all Very much about, about that. Yeah, was yeah. I mean, it was about race, it was about yeah. sexuality, it was I mean it was yeah, yeah. no question. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't I didn't consider <sighs> So this is one of the this is one of the reasons and I was going to and we can wrap up here um, pretty quick, but I I had an experience yesterday 
that made me remember why I love film and I love narrative so much. And this is this is a good example. This is a good time to tie it in. Um, because if you listen to the uh, our our A Star is Born uh, episode, um, you learned that uh, I had some I've had some personal experience with people um, th- with addicts in my life, and the perspective that that movie shared on addicts was pretty accurate from what I have experienced. Sure. Uh, and so my experience yesterday um, was con- was continuing dealing with the uh, the addicts in my life and i remembered and i what i wanted to do was i actually wanted to tell the person i was talking to to go watch a star is born so that they could see the perspective of the people that they that are around them that love them that can't do anything for them um but i realized i didn't tell them to do that because i realized it wouldn't be productive yet uh but it was interesting because i had a better kind of perspective on what he is going through because I'd recently watched A Star is Born. Mm. This movie, right, Bohemian Rhapsody, is a movie that, and what we just talked about, I would not have considered, and I I just, just wouldn't have understood. I don't have the perspective... I mean, I am a, I am a, I'm a white privileged male in America, right? <laughs> My perspective on, uh, on pretty much any version of, um, really, it, it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Persecution at all? It's just, it's not, it's not, they, I don't know. I just haven't experienced it yeah. in my life. So movies, film, narrative, especially good ones, give you a second. They give you two hours to dive into the perspective of somebody that you otherwise never could have understood. And I got to like dive into this perspective of, first of all, a rock star, which... I mean, who knows? But I'll probably never be one. <laughs> um, and and second of all, at a very confused at times, um, either gay man or bisexual man, I'm not sure. But I, I I have no way to see the perspective of that person unless it's told through stories and specifically through film. Absolutely. This I feel like this movie. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know, because again, I don't have the, 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 the anything to draw from, but I feel like this movie did it pretty well. I got to see, potentially, some of the things that some homosexual people struggle with, uh, especially back in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to just give one fairly straight-edge, fairly conservative um, take, uh, something I really appreciate about this movie, and maybe some people didn't is I really do feel like Freddie Mercury is a pretty good case study of why, like, um, you know, promiscuity is not great, and monogamy and fidelity is pretty great. And, like, and I think that, like, you know, I mean, the the the, the, the Jim Hutton character, um, which was so delightful. Oh, he was so great. <laughs> um, and, and, like, I, I love that the notion is, like, you don't, you don't really get to be in a faithful, steady relationship with somebody, in a like a good, healthy relationship with somebody that lasts, without you first yourself, sort of without first accepting yourself and yeah, loving yourself. So good. And and I man, gosh, that was so powerful for me. And I feel like, um, you know, if people are upset by the idea that you know the, this movie is making a, a little bit of a well, 
at least in the way that they're presenting Freddie Mercury's life is making a bit of a moral statement. I mean, his life seems to be kind of a moral statement that, that says that, you know, uh, uh, that fidelity equal is, you know, greater than, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that it, morally fidelity wins over, over sort of the promiscuity or like over the idea of like, you know, I'm just going to go party and I'm going to hang out with whoever and whatever. It's like, and you know, people might make an argument like, well, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle choice. And that's true. But I think that like when you're, if you're looking for, if you're looking for that kind of like peace and happiness that like clearly Freddie Mercury was looking for and yeah. found by the very end of his life, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And like, and I fe- and I felt, it just, that felt very powerful to me. And I, and I, I don't know, I don't know how many people are going to argue <laughs> that, uh, but you know, if they do, I, you know, I'm going to, I would have to, I would have to, if I'm going to take any stand anywhere, I'm going to have to take it there. Mm. Like, I think, I think that, um, long-term monogamous relationships can be a really, are, you know, that's the ideal. It's like, if you can get there, you should, you should go there. You yeah. should, you should do that. Yeah. And you, you could, uh, you could potentially feel some, some jealousy from Freddie, Freddie Mercury when he left the band mm-hmm. and that's what he talked about. Um, he felt like people yeah. were, were leaving. Here's him. these three guys. Yeah. They Married with kids. Who have, do I have? Yeah. They have, yeah. They have families they They have this, yeah. they have this, this thing that I want so much. And, you and, know, he, yeah. And given, I mean, the culture was, was probably telling him he couldn't have Yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other thing yeah. is that it's like, you can't really, it's, it's tough to blame him. Yeah. Cause it's like the culture at the time and still today is relatively hostile totally. toward people who want to be in monogamous relationships who are gay. Yeah. Um, and that's sucks. <laughs> it sucks bad. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're making some progress there. Anyway, I really love this movie. Um, I don't think it was perfect, but boy, it like. It was. It did a lot of stuff right. Yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, had all of the all of the gripes that I have about it s- seem to pale in comparison to the the meaningful things that I got from it. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, oh, like they could have edited a little better. Or yeah. They could have done this, but it's like, no. But what it really gave me is a lot more significant than any of the gripes that I have. At the end so. of the day. You know, I was pretty joyous totally. in the theater. And yeah. that's there's that's yeah. that's not and nothing. like rock out for the last fifteen minutes. It's just so <laughs> so, so great. great. So great. Um, yeah. So that's... that last performance of Bohemian of Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. like so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Anyway, I want to go back and watch it again. Anyway, um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's do some business. Thank, Thank you, you, Michael Bond Miller, <laughs> for the intro and outro music. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, leave a review. Uh, they help us out a lot. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's a it's a it continues to be a big deal for pod in the podcasting world. Review is is the gold. That's, yes, that's what you want. That's what uh, and the silver being share. Yeah, share it. Share it with some people. Yeah, um, and we'll be we'll be super grateful. Uh, and uh, there's a Facebook group. There's a Facebook group. Yep, yep. Um, I, I may even visit every once in a while. hey <laughs> I don't think you ever have, have you? I haven't, yeah. but I may. I may one day visit uh, the yeah. Facebook group. One day. Uh, and remember, everybody, to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a critic. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>